Welcome to the NBA Roadshow, episode number 307. My name is John Morgan. Cold coffee is with me, and that's not all. We got hot tea in the building as well. Oscar Willis from the (laughs) award-nominated The Mac Life. I mean, listen, once you've got that award nomination, it's it's for life. It's like, you know, once a champ, always a champ. It's dude. It's just for for now on World MMA World. In fact. I am a World MMA Award winning journalist of the year. Now listen, oh, you, you see listen. How I that in? It might be. Listen, it might have been a decade ago. <laughs> <laughs> show, him, show him the rings, John. Yeah. <laughs> show him the rings. Hey, you can't take that away from me, baby. I'm yeah, still a you champion. Go. You know what I mean? Get that in the Twitter bio right now. <laughs> yeah, there's Tom Brady. And then there's you, dog. <laughs> yeah, right. right below it. <laughs> I, got, I got lots of nominations. <laughs> lots of nominations. <laughs> Guys, uh, it is good for us all to be together. Uh, the, the crew has returned from Fight Island. Everybody's gotten their rest. And we got the whole posse in here talking about USC 258. And we'll, uh, we'll get into that <sighs> because – a little Bobby Green there. Little Bobby Green. Little Bobby Green. Green. We're definitely going to talk about Bobby Green. You should have just left that with no context. He just, <laughs> <laughs> he just fit doing his vinegar strokes on the beginning of the podcast. Yes. <laughs> if you're wondering why he's over there doing that and making that noise, this was an homage to Bobby Green, who we'll talk about a little bit later. But his virtual media today, uh, it's definitely worth checking out. While we are not the biggest fans of virtual media day, Bobby Green shit. can make virtual media day work. He, uh, he, had, a, he had a reporter... Uh, from Turkey, actually, uh, and they had this whole exchange. Was, if the, the whole exchange was hilarious. He's like, "Oh, I'm from Turkey," and and he, he's like, "You should come out here sometime." And Bobby Green was <laughs> like, "Can I stay with you?" He's like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Can Bobby Green stay at your house?" And he was like, "Uh, I I guess so. Yeah, okay, you can come over." He's like, "Cool, I'll be there." So then he goes to ask him his question. And he's like, um, "How would you describe your your journey through MMA?" And Bobby Green says, "You know, because he's staring at that blank computer, and he he says, can, can, can you, you see me?'" me? Guy's like, yeah. He's like, you can see my face right now. <laughs> he's like, yes, I can. And Bobby Green stands up and starts thrusting his hips. Ugh. Two arms grabbing and, thrust. And he's like, because I've been getting. Yeah. <laughs> see, that's what you have to do to the fighters. To the fighters listening, all we have to do is simulate sex on the video, the virtual media day, and we'll actually. And it works. Yeah. Yeah. It works. But we'll that talk about the first. That, that was the first. That was one of the best virtual medias of all time. But Next we, time he's actually going to take it out. <laughs> <laughs> but thankfully, we did not have to do virtual media day. We watched today in case there were a couple of clips, but we all did the in-person media days. Uh, Oscar Willis, I know you're you're uh, you know you're used to it now at this point. Obviously, you've done all the Fight Islands, so you've you know you've gotten to do them this year. But um, that's the first in-person media day I know that you've been a part of in the United States since back in March. Yeah. Because uh, you didn't take part oh, God, in the week it was before. That, it was that long. That long ago. Um, dude, it's just – we talked about it a little bit, Cole Coffey and I, last week. But um, just I'll, I'll ask you as well. I mean, do, do, does it not just – and I always feel like maybe I'm being silly about this, but it's just – it's such an effect, man. It's it's To me, it's night and day. Well, to me, it's – I don't know. It's, it's hard to describe because obviously we're so fortunate to be working anyway, rah, rah, rah. But throwing all that shit aside, it 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 gives me things to wildly speculate on that I can at least igno- <laughs> I can acknowledge in myself like well, this is ridiculous that I'm looking so far into this. Right. But I want to look like you know the fights coming out. I want to look crazy, Matt. Into well, when he said this, he moved his left hand. You right. know, I want I want that level of that insane speculation. I want something to go and tell my friends after like, well, <laughs> when he was saying it, I could see in his fucking eyes. <laughs> he, he meant it. You know, I I I I love that sort of speculation. 
Um, and you just don't get that from them, apart from Bobby Green, you know, shagging a stool. You just don't get that <laughs> on the virtual media day. So to have it back in person in Vegas was kind of fun too. It's funny, I didn't realize it was the last time it, was Mar- it would have been Romero Adesanya, right? Isn't that crazy? Actually, that was the media day where Romero, I asked Romero what's the worst mistake he's ever made, and he just went, you don't want to know, and, and made me piss my pants a little bit. So it's kind of funny. You wouldn't, you wouldn't urinate yourself over a virtual media day. No, I, I, I wouldn't even shit. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, it was it's great to have them back. Um, I, I think for the fighters as well, man, it probably gives them a sense of normality for a fight week, you no. know? And like, like, at the beginning when they did the virtual media days, I was concerned that the fighters would prefer it because right. it was so easy. Like, oh, we don't have to mess with this anymore. You know, they can just come in. Now, as they've gone on, I realize they probably hate them as much as we do. And now I think you see the enthusiasm of them in person again. Yeah. So I think we're going to have a nice little uptick going forward. For I that. agree. I think just that energy when they walk in there and it was at the apex and there was a little table set up and, you know, on the stage and you get to see the step and repeat banners. And I, I think you can just see it in their eyes, man. They're like, all right, cool. I was thinking as well when they were up there, you know, they're, they're sitting there, they're doing a press conference, essentially a press conference because right. the way they set up. Doesn't it make them feel like they're a bigger deal? Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, Clearly. For Kamari Wisman, who's, I feel, we'll get into this, has kind of been fucked on this pay-per-view, you right. know what I mean? Like, he's getting pay-per-view points, not that many. But for him, doesn't he want to feel like he's a champion? Doesn't he want to feel like he's being, he's addressing the public? Of course. He wants to talk. I think for them, it's probably pretty cool, too. You know, like, oh, I actually, I have something... Uh. On the do. stage, the yeah. bright lights, yeah. multiple cameras Some out there. Some sort of showmanship. Yep. Some sort. Exactly. Because yeah, if you caught his fir- the very first thing that he said when he when he uh, <laughs> sat down, did you catch it? The very first words when he sat down, he's like, oh, it's kind of slim in here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, well, he did say yeah, that, right? Yeah. Well, we are so, a smaller I mean, bunch. Like, yeah, it's a smaller bunch, it's not but like obviously it was something he was thinking about. Yeah. It was on his head. You know, like he's used to walking in these things and having like – 28 different well, media, 30 fans. different medias, you know, Just, and fans, you know. Well, I mean, even his last fight was in Fight Island where we had a bigger selection because yeah. you had global media there, oh, right? Yeah, you, right. Had, you had international and, and he, media. And he had, a, he had a last minute, like, interest, and he had a lot of shit to do, I'm yeah. sure. It's funny, and, and it's funny, Gilbert was saying, oh, there's a lot of media for this fight. It's like, well, fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> Better get <laughs> ready, son. One, like, yeah. Yeah. Better but, get ready. But, yeah, you know, like – it's funny the setup they have for media day where it's just one person at the table it actually kind of felt almost like old school boxing you know it's like a champion addressing the media I actually enjoyed it I thought it was a good look for them and I felt it benefited them immensely because I think before media day I wouldn't say many people were like supremely hyped for this pay-per-view but I I getting the sense from the the feedback and the views and stuff I think people are now like oh there is some intrigue to this I'm I'm, mm. I'm intrigued by it. We'll, we'll get into that in a minute because I, I, I want to get into that because I'm I'm right there with you on that and I've got some thoughts on that uh, but let's start with the, the breaking news that happened right before we sat down to start recording Hamza Shemaev uh, is out of the fight with Leon Edwards uh, March 13th was a scheduled date not going to happen anymore and at this point uh, Dana White has told ESPN's Brett Okamoto uh, they got to move on which is totally understandable yeah. I think a lot of people I, I I guess I want to start there. Well, first of all, let me start with I take full responsibility for this. Uh, <laughs> uh, first of all, I, I was not going to be there that week. Uh, yes. I, I've got CFFC duties that week, so I'm sure that you know that probably played a big part into it. They heard well, that Hanzo I was going to be there. He was going to struggle like, through. Yeah, he was going like, to struggle wait, through. Wait, wait, wait. Morgan's not going to be there. Uh, but no, I tell you what I is funny this though. Guy. <laughs> What is funny is, you know, when we were in Fight Island the last time, we sat down, I think it was on a spinning back click episode, where we were kind of doing like, hey, throw me a, a crazy prediction uh, ahead of Fight Island. And I said, okay, I think Michael Chiesa is going to beat Neil Magny 
and then something is going to happen to the Hamzat Leon fight. It's not going to happen, and Michael Chiesa is going to step in and fight on that card. I'm not saying it's. It, it, is that true? I, I, it could happen. I'm not. Well, I don't know if Chiesa is going to step in. It seems like one. No, no, no. But did, you did predict. No, that? I literally said that. Yeah. I said. I said. I believe Chiesa is going to beat Magny, and then he's going to step yeah. in on short notice for that this fight. So it I do take fault. full responsibility for this. So you're now, and, you're and dead to, in Chechnya, bro. <laughs> that fucking coming for you. And just to clarify, from you know reading what I'm seeing off this fine publication at MMAJunkie.com, this was not a recurrence. This was not a recurrence of COVID, but this was still from the lingering the last time he had COVID. But this is, I believe, the second time the fight's been pushed back because of said lingering effects. That's scary, Interesting. Man. So I think Leon got it, pushed back, uh, Hamza got it, no. then then they rescheduled it, then the lingering effects made it push back, and then now, months after the fact, it's been pushed back again. We should have double masked. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It's fucking his fault. <laughs> it is his fault. But, you know, that's that's Joke. A, and, and I'm not going to get into the COVID thing, but that's one, that's one of the things they're saying about uh, – and you know we talk about COVID all the time about the the well, you things, to. the lung. The way that I've uh, seen um, certain people talk about the damage it does for their lungs is comparable or worse than severe smokers. What it does to your lung capacity. Years, I heard. So years if the guy wow. is really really suffering from the lung, he might be one of these outliers that actually it did really affect. His lungs, or this, it's the lasting. Well, this is, I, this I, is assume it's not, I assume it's not all the smoking and cannabis he's doing. Yeah, right? I mean, <laughs> it should be. He needs to hang out with Bobby Green. It's uh, it's <laughs> it is alarming to me. I mean, I said, and again, like you said, I don't want to go right? too deep down the. Yeah, I don't want to go too deep down the COVID. I understand it's a hot topic, it's a divisive one and a controversial one. But when you see the uh, an athlete level of athlete. this caliber, yeah, having a young lingering top effects. Level athlete. Oh, that scares me a little bit. I just Unreal. don't think we know well, enough. Well, yet. I I saw. Uh, shout out to Submission Radio. They, they did an interview with Chris Weidman, who just had to pull out of his own fight because of COVID. And Chris Weidman was saying that all the doctors he spoke to said one of the worst things you can do with COVID is work out while you have it. That's where oh, we. Thank God, I'm good then. <laughs> But they, yeah, that's what they said that's where we're seeing the lingering effects. If you work out what you have, because you're it, stressing the lungs, that, that's when they're seeing the lingering effects. I, Interesting. I, maybe Hams that just thought like, "Oh fuck it, I'll it'll be fine. It. I'll just get through it and be too tough." I'm a young, I'm I, a young dude that's a badass. Yeah, I don't blah, know. Blah, blah. But, but I, if listen, that's the I've, case, that's like very. I mean, shit. The guy's a case study at this point. I've been right? on a preventative it's COVID true. program for the last ten years or so. so yeah, it's not working out. And one thing, this is the this be the last COVID test. <laughs> The last <clears throat> COVID bit of knowledge that I've heard. That was a cough thing. I know. Y'all got that COVID now. Mm. Every, your ears have COVID now. Uh, is check your vitamin D levels is what I've heard from all the, the, the anti-vaxxers and all those stuff. Is if, if, you have a good, if you have a good vitamin D level, um, you run the risk, the less risk of it uh, if you do catching it affecting you, affecting Some your bullshit, lungs. Because I keep giving my vitamin D to everyone else. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but no, seriously, check your vitamin D levels or take a vitamin D supplement, and you'll feel better about it. So look, what, what do we do with the fight here? I mean, first of all, <laughs> and then don't ask Oscar because his vitamin D is different. It tastes funny. <laughs> <laughs> Taste it goes rectal, <laughs> but then it's got to go somewhere after that, bro. Oh <laughs> oh so this fell off the rails. How yeah. quick did you I mention drove it off the rails? Did I mention that we'd been pre-gaming a little bit with some proper twelve? Oh, so yes. the fine Shall Irish whiskey. whiskey. Do you have a spiel? Oh my god, we've we've killed half the bottle. <laughs> 
How did that happen? <laughs> I don't know. I've been supping away. To we be literally fair. just opened it. Uh, so yeah, this no, is the, this exactly. is the this was uh, the proper twelve I bought for Thanksgiving, and now I guess it's it's thanks to have us all together yeah. here Aww. again. How's that? Oh, warm feelings. So we, we're we're eating. Uh, we're having the proper twelve, and it's it. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. As much as I was like sort of shitting on it at first, it is a decent whiskey. It tastes pretty well, I'm telling good. You, man, I think like people want to hate the owner of it. Which it's a decent whiskey. I don't know how you could, right? I mean, it's such a, it a, a fine... Uh, <laughs> if, mate, it does the job. You guys couldn't just see him flip off John right <laughs> Oh, thanks, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> no, mate, it fucking does the job. I actually... I, I genuinely... It's actually decent. It's good. I mean, I will lie. You guys are drinking it straight on the rocks. I like to drink <laughs> a lot of whiskeys if I'm going to be drinking well, I like with have you guys. Sprite. You I'll just have never provided ale. me with it. Oh, ginger ale. I got no. ginger ale. I love ginger ale, though. Uh, if you want some ginger ale, I, don't, I just don't have any Sprite, but... So I'm supping it with a little bit of uh, ginger, and it's really good. This is yeah. really, really good. It's, it's going down very, very easy. Yes, it is. It's As everyone can easy. tell. That's As we can tell podcast. by the half bottle somehow that became like magic. We just opened it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So what are we going to – all right. First of all, I guess for Leon Edwards, right? Uh, I mean, how many times can you say, I just feel terrible for this guy, right? I mean, this yeah. dude has He got has him. to have a fight. They have to give they him gotta, something. They cannot say, oh, we, we really want this fight to be the next one you have. Well, thank fuck Dana that said would be, they'll move on. Right? That is so yeah, unfair. That's what they said. I mean, but until we see it on the contract, like, this this poor guy has been So what's the fight? Sitting around. What's the fight? <sighs> I don't need to pull it's up. Wonder Boy. It's Wonder Boy. Wonder Boy. That would be good. It's, well, Wonder Boy just called him out on Twitter and said it's time for three versus five. But if you're Leon Edwards, and, and like, I think, I, I made this argument before. COVID, if you're talking about whose career has been most affected by COVID, it's Leon Edwards because he was scheduled to fight Tyron Woodley, who at that point was not washed, in London. That was really rude. It Sorry, was. Tyron. Um, but he was meant to fight Tyron Woodley in London and then... There goes his Patreon subscription. He's he, totally canceling. But he, he, Damn it. If he'd have beat him like Gilbert Burns did, he'd have got that title shot and would have probably fought Kamaru in July in Abu Dhabi. And he got pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And I just think... The Hamzat thing he wasn't ever really into, and then he realized the star power Hamzat was having, and he realized that that was the r- the right move to do, and it kept getting fucked up, and then he wanted to fight either Magni or Chiesa, which is completely justifiable after that long out of the cage. Right. They wouldn't do it because they really wanted that Hamzat right. rub, right. to be honest. Let's of course. Be honest. I, I feel so bad for him. I actually saw Sandu... Um, Say I was trying to say his full name then and I was like no. Shamakar Sandu, former MMA junkie contributor. Thank you. But they Sandu MMA. That's the reason he goes by Sandu MMA. He always says, I don't expect anybody well, to say I would, first name. I, I, <laughs> I, usually, can, I can usually do it. It's whiskey. Yeah. But uh he was saying, you know, at this point you could probably just give him the winner of Gilbert versus Gamar. You could. I mean because, because, because Usman has been saying like, hey, he's deserving there. Burns has been saying Well like, like Mazadon and Colby are like they're not around. See that's what I would like I, I honestly I, I I would love still to see Mazadal and Edwards, but it's I just Mazadal's not gonna take it. It's never right? gonna happen. It's never gonna take Especially it. today Dana did an interview where he's saying, Oh, the coaches we're looking at for the ultimate fighter are welterweights and it'll be really fun if we pull it off. I fucking wonder who he could yeah, be talking Mazadal about. Mazadal Covington, obviously. Yeah. So I think for me, Wonderboy's the fight for Edwards it's the only thing that he can do to make sense and give the guy a paycheck. Especially without going backwards. Yeah, well, like, he can't fight Chiesa. That's what I'm saying. Like, Chiesa, like, and I love the fight. I, I would I would love it for, for Chiesa. But, yeah, for, for Edwards, you're like, wait a minute. Hold on. I'm going to fight a guy that's probably stylistically awful for me that doesn't have the name value, that doesn't yeah, have the and ranking. If you, if you think about it as well, man, like, if you did Wonderboy versus Edwards, if, if Mazzaro and Colby are going to be filming and they're going to be out for a while, and then God knows how long negotiations are going to take with either of them anyway. The winner of Wonderboy versus 
Leon is an absolutely justifiable number one contender. Should absolutely justify that as a number one contender. To either Kamara or yeah, Gilbert. Woodley's already taking uh, Luke. So there's two other guys out of it. It's the only dude that's unavailable. I like it. I, like, I think that's the fight to make. Let's do it. Book it. It's done. We've already solved it's, the problem. It's, not, it's not happening on March 13th. But. Not happening on March 13th. That card is uh, going to need some help, huh? It's a rough one, you know? Probably get some late notice stuff in there. Uh, all right, listen. One other thing before we get into USC 2 video. I got to mention it. This Gina Carano story is way too big. Uh, I, I talked about it a little bit on MMA Junkie Radio this morning and, and admitted, hey, look, I'm not overly passionate about this subject, but I, I guess I just want to get your guys' thoughts because, uh, listen, I, I covered Gina's career, um, you know, when she was at the peak of the game, and I can tell you that she was uh, she was always fantastic to cover. She was a huge star. She was a central figure of the sport. Um, she was a, a fun interview. Uh, she, I mean, listen, she, she did everything she should. I, I think genuinely for anybody that was a part of that era, a beloved figure of the sport, you know, um, but – to me, I'll just say, like, I, I think she dropped the ball here. And, again, we, we don't want to make things overly political here. We try to talk about fights and have fun. But I've seen this debate online about whether, they, you know, she deserved to be dropped from the Mandalorian, which I should, by the way, point out, she wasn't really actively in the middle of filming anything. I think they're going to give her a spinoff Well, I did forever. see the report that they were talking about giving her a spinoff, and they didn't. But they did say in their statement, look, she isn't actively employed at this time because they're basically just contract workers, uh, but we're not going to employ her in the future. I, I guess I just want to say this – I think she messed up, man, and, and I don't think she's a bad person. I really don't think she's a bad person, um, but I just don't think it's okay to compare anything to the Holocaust, to genocide of any kind. It's it's just not okay, and, and she made a mistake. When you say stuff like genocide and you actually hear the word, you're like, that is pretty powerful shit, yeah. and actually things that should be compared to that are very slim to none. Uh, to for the the sake of the podcast and keep things light, I don't think we should go like necessarily too deep into it or whatever. Right. But I, I I do wonder sometimes. Growing up in the UK, all we fucking learned about was World War Two because that was like the one of the very few times we were the good guys. <laughs> That's literally like the only time they ever wanted to teach us shit in history. And, and we got taken to France. We got shown a lot of stuff and and to Poland and to Belgium. And, and I so I, I often wonder if that maybe Americans who grew up here who didn't have any relations who were involved in the war maybe they they. It's easier to disconnect from what happened there. I've never, I've never heard the stories. I've never seen the, oh, the camps. Know, oh, that happened ages ago. It's seventy years ago. Yeah. Not that long. It's not that long ago. Um, so for me, I wonder sometimes if there's maybe just a, a little bit of lack of understanding of, of the true like nature of what went yeah. on. Um, to compare anyone in America in 2021 to the Jews in the Holocaust, it, I mean, you're just talking fucking shit. Yeah. To be honest, and you, you should read a book. Uh, and chill the fuck out. And uh, as far as Gina, again, I'm similar to you. I don't think she's a bad person. I think she might be, uh, in her own way, I'm going to use this word and I'm probably going to get shivering. In her own way, she's kind of a victim of this internet culture and this social media phenomenon of sucking you in until your reality is what you read rather than what you live. Mm. You know, instead of of seeing the world around you, you're seeing the world of what people are saying around you and you can believe that rather than how the world really is. Yep. You know, Jean is a clearly a Republican. She clearly feels like victimized for her beliefs. I mean, fuck, you got a job at Disney. I don't know how victimized you really are, to be honest. You got a job at Star Wars, like... Whatever. So I don't know. I, I think maybe Gene needs to put the phone down and take a, take a, a few months to sort of learn 
I think she can come back from this. I mean, if she if she can apologize and be genuine about it, I mean, she might not be come back and jump back into a Star Wars thing or whatever. But as far as just back in society, she made a mistake. She's not a bad person, but she made a mistake. And this, it's to me, it's indefensible. And the other thing is, the argument is about this whole free speech argument. That just bugs the heck out of me because. You you do have free speech in, in this media. country. I, exactly, you have free speech in this country, but it doesn't mean that you can say whatever and not expect to face any repercussions for it. You have to you have to face the repercussions of whatever it is you say, and so you're allowed to say it. Yes, but that doesn't mean your employer has to say, and you can still continue to work. I, I think and I think anyone who listens to this podcast would understand that if they've listened to it for any length of time, they understand that yourself, myself, cold coffee. We're not out here like, oh, did you hear what they said? Let's cost them their fucking jobs. I've never really been like that. I hate it. I think it's stupid. But I, I, man, she said being a conservative is like being a Jew in the Holocaust. You know, being a Jew in the Holocaust is kind of its own thing. Yeah. There's nothing else like it. Probably leave that topic alone, Gina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, you got a job at Star Wars. You probably guessed it wasn't going to go well, you fucking it. Like, I don't know. And Silly. the thing is, I mean, like... She's free to say anything she wants. She is. It's a, it's you have you have the freedom of speech in this country, but it does not mean that you are guaranteed to keep your employment. Mm-hmm. You are a representative of the brand, and while they will not tell you, don't say this. What you say can have repercussions, and for her to think that she can just go off off the rails and say things that she had to know was very divisive, and uh, would be very abrasive to other people. That it would affect some people. So she has the freedom to say whatever the hell she wants. But there is going to be repercussions. But you're also, I mean, like, Gina, she's came up and she did a lot of things. But Gina was the the daughter of, like, an NFL quarterback. And I think his, even he came from money. This is a person that was very, very entitled her whole life growing up in a very, very spoiled household doing this thing. I mean, who knows what. You know, she was sort of, bre- you know, brought up on. And these are the kind of things that a lot of people, unfortunately, are um, they're products of their environment growing up. And who knows yeah. what she was ultimately led to. But don't you think she's a product of, of the internet belief? rather than her environment? Because she's never been like this before. Well, I think she just finally feels that there was a point where, you know, people say she could say things and reach a wider. These, these could be stuff that she said in, in private for many, many years, but now sure, we don't she know was that given, sure. she never was given a platform. I, I feel, I feel, dude, I just feel like there's an inherent radicalization to the internet by the algorithm that sites provide you. I, I just think it's an inherent, like a radicalization problem that we have both left and right. Yeah. That we're, we're not addressing as a society and it's going to fuck. Well, your society, not mine. I can go home, but like, well, actually my home too, but, I mean, I believe it, but I don't think that she became the way that she is just from reading the internet and things. If anything else, it maybe just made her feel but like so she found people like-minded that were that would maybe choose her, take her words, and, and let's raise the flag up on this. I I get you. I get it's a very you. Very ugly flag. I mean, well, this is we just had we just had a president that of the of our country that was just saying like this. This is the way. I guess the point I want to make is, you know, the, the argument is that, oh, this cancel culture, this cancel culture. To me, this doesn't, it's not cancel culture. What, what, this no. happens <clears throat> in 2021, 2011, 2001, well, yes. so 1991. If you say something that embarrasses your employer, what, you will lose what, your job. You, you hit the nail on the head. And that was the same in the 90s. Yeah, it was the same in the early I mean. 2000s. Do you hit the nail on the head. And in the same little flurry of Instagram stories that she posted, she posted one about how uh, uh, one man can make a bunch of hypocrites nervous, referencing probably Mr. Trump. 
And then she did another one with like, meanwhile in California, of a guy covered in masks and stuff like that. Guess what? You won't get cancelled for that. I don't care about your opinion on that, to be honest. It's when you you know you refer to the victims of the Holocaust that actually it went a little bit too far. That's it. And guess what? If yeah. you don't fucking draw that line and say that is too far, what then can you say next? Line? You know what yeah, I mean? And there's it, nothing more extreme than for that. the people who are like, I, feel, I hate cancel culture. I actually hate cancel culture, and right. here I, I feel like I'm advocating for it. But like, I just don't think this qualifies as cancel do, culture. Does, like you said, yeah, yeah. you know, you if, 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 someone, if it was the mask thing, if it was like, oh, we're just tired of what she's saying about the mask, and so she has to go. I'll even like, give you anti. I'll even give you anti-vaccine, even yeah. if I disagree with that massively. I'll yeah. even let you have that. But like, what is she allowed to walk into work with a fucking pillowcase and eyes cut out on her head and be like, well, you know what? I'm not a big fan of. No, you can't do that. And this is an example of that. That's it. That's all I want to say. I, I, I hope she comes back because I do hope that she apologizes. We'll see if she decides to take responsibility or not. I hope she apologizes and I hope she works her way back because I do believe that she's not a bad person. But Agreed. I don't believe she's been unfairly targeted here. I just believe she made a mistake. For whatever reason, whatever yep. cause, whatever the background was, I just believe it's an indefensible mistake. And I don't think you, you blame Disney or Star Wars for being unfair, quote unquote. Which is ironic because in a different generation, Disney would have loved it. <laughs> so, what are we saying? Gal Gadot? Can she be the next Cara Dune? Who else? Well, uh, she has to, to have Cara Dune, right? Well, no, no, no. But I mean, she—I mean, she became sort of like a, a you know, a nice little partner for what? the Mandalorian. Just somebody to back it up. Somebody had a history with. Why don't we pick somebody who didn't make some fucking cringeworthy video and made themselves look like a dickhead when she was like, "Imagine who did that? Gal Gadot did that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't remember that. I spent more time in the computer. I thought you meant I Wonder guess so. Woman. I was like, I was like, <laughs> that's Wonder Woman. No, that's what I'm saying. I thought you meant that was the cringeworthy video. That last <laughs> Wonder Woman. <movie> was <laughs> that last one was okay. It was no, it bad. wasn't. It I'm, had Gal Gadot. Did in she it. like? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> that part of it was good. The rest of it was bad. <laughs> All right, let's get into USC 258. That is the fight card this weekend. And, She's uh, also from Israel as well, so it's like a, a decent little substitute. Let's see where you're going with that. Thanks All right, from, <laughs> USC 258, uh, Kamaru Usman versus Gilbert Burns in the main event. And, and you touched on it, uh, Hot T. You mentioned the fact that, listen, I mean, this is, this is not a heavily hyped pay-per-view. This is not one that I think anybody expects to perform especially well. Uh, you know, at the box office, so to speak. But I gotta say, I'm I'm excited about this fight, and to me, it is not about the former teammate thing. I mean, I know that's the storyline. I get it, man. That's the selling angle. To me, it's it's the stylistic matchup of this, man. I I think I think Usman is an elite fighter, and I know that people aren't the biggest fans of him. But I think if you look at what he's done, especially lately, man, the run that he's been on, the domination that he's had. It's incredibly impressive. I mean, the Covenant fight wasn't domination, but it was just a hell of a fight. Yeah. Um, and he did get the finish. Um, and then the others, I mean, he's just been, you know, blowing out people, you know, winning every round. But when I look at Gilbert Burns, and first of all, I just love Gilbert Burns as a person, man. He's just a good dude, great energy, you know, fun guy to be around. But he possesses everything I would think that you would want to be able to beat Usman. Like, you know, in the stand-up, Usman, it, it, he's going to keep pressure on you. He, he, You know, he, he doesn't have knockout power. I mean, I know he ended up, you know, breaking Covington's face, as he likes to point out, <laughs> and he did get the stoppage there. But you don't think of him as that, you know, one-hitter-quitter type power. But but Burns does possess that. So if he catches him, you know, he, he could cause problems. And then when you do think about Usman's in his strength, it's, it's, you know, clinch game and obviously taking you down and just grinding you out. I don't know that you can do that on top of Gilbert Burns, man. <laughs> Thanks, Bobby. Appreciate it. Bobby just chiming in from time to time. He's like, you had me at the clinch game. <laughs> uh, but, man, I'm I – Taking I, him down. Taking him down. Going to grind him out. Mm. Mm. That's going to 
be one of Did it fall shows. off the rails like at the beginning or like? Oh, I don't know if it? we were ever actually on the rails. I'm not. I'm not actually <laughs> sure. See, I, felt we I, felt like we, the track. I felt like we were fine leading into it. It's only when the fucking recording started that everyone <laughs> turned into a degenerate. <laughs> it's like the. Uh, it, it's, it must be the Ohio thing. He's got the opposite Stepe. You know how Stepe will just be like joking and joking, and then the red light comes on, and then he just goes, "Yeah." <laughs> uh huh. You're the other way. We were having a nice conversation. Oh, is this only my fault? Is yeah. this my fault? Yeah, we yeah. hit the. Re- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you started off the podcast talking like making fucking noises. I mean, I don't want anyone to tell you. Uh, uh, all right, so Gilbert Burns, dangerous. Uh, I don't know. So you know, uh, you, you said it, uh, Oscar. I mean, obviously the in-person <laughs> media days make it fun, and we had a chance to, to speak to both guys. Um, and I don't know, man. It feels like it, I don't know if the public level for this fight is exciting yet and and listen like my i was talking to my dad today and he was he was asking about the pay-per-view and you know my dad's a, a casual but he's kind of he's he's really he's honestly just getting into the sport now and uh he bought the last pay-per-view and he was like so he's like this one's on pay-per-view this Thanks, weekend man. right yeah and and i told I, I told him i was like and i even him i was like ah this might not be the one you want to spend your 70 bucks on now it's a great. I, I think there's. I think there's better quality of this card than most people. But I'm talking about for a. Ca- I don't know that a casual would walk away. You know, thinking yeah. I got my seventy bucks worth or not. I'm not sure. I, I don't. You know, so I don't want to poop on anybody. I know seventy bucks. Jesus. Yeah, sixty nine ninety nine, right? Uh, uh, sixty nine ninety five or something. But I'm excited for this fight. Tell, tell me. Tell me. Mm. I knew you were gonna. Throw yeah, it. We're, yeah, we're literally. Did, no we were both like for the, for the listeners. We were both looking at him, waiting for like, him. All right, we we're waiting for him to simulate you wanna, fucking you throw something in there. Jesus Christ! That was my wallet right there. <laughs> Your wallet? <laughs> Flesh wallet. Um, oh, see, you took it. You took it further. Yeah. Anyway, so this fight. We've only gone thirty minutes. Is that too late to start over? Is it thirty <laughs> minutes? Twenty nine <laughs> minutes. God. And it fucked up on minute three. We can start over. Uh, <laughs> no, no. So Kamaru Usman versus Gilbert Burns. Uh, it's kind of a sucker story because I feel like it never really plays a part in the fight. But the whole teammate versus teammate thing, I think it's very hard to ignore that, and I love it. I, I really do. It's intriguing. It's really, part of the cell. I really do enjoy it. And I think these two guys, whether uh, subconsciously or not, they kind of played into it, man. Because I think every time they've been asked about the sparring, they've given interesting answers. So, for example, we talked about reading into too much shit at the media day. I noticed when I asked Gilbert Burns, oh, how was the sparring between you? And he went, well, he knows I can tap him out. He knows I can tap him out. And when I asked Kamara about the sparring, he went, well, listen, you know, when you're training for a championship fight, obviously they bring these guys in to push you. I was like, oh, it sounds like motherfucker got pushed. <laughs> like, you know, I, like I, I, I read into that sort of stuff and I, I, I find that compelling. Where I'm left at is, and this is no rational basis in reality, I believe Gilbert Burns probably got the better of them in the sparring, mm-hmm. but I believe Kamara will win the fight. That's what's so do interesting you know, about that, that, I, I, I really do, and I think I think uh, it stylistically, like you said, John, it is compelling viewing. All right, let's let's do this. Let's set the table um, because we said the in-person media days, the answers were interesting. Um, we've played some Usman audio over the past couple of weeks, so I'll leave that alone. Um, but we did. I I didn't get a chance to talk to Gilbert Burns and lead after this. So here is. The crew right here, all working together on this. You will get questions from John Morgan. You will get questions from Oscar Willis. And the Not recording <laughs> was all done. Oh, there you go. Yeah. By yeah, Ken I hit record. So when you hear the audio quality <sighs> of it, and you you know if you watch the video and you see it, this all came from Mr. Crisp. Cold Coffee himself. I was, I was thrusting as I recorded this. <laughs> the crew came together. Here is Not came Didn't come together like oh, that. Oh, <laughs> jeez. Uh, 
Oh, yeah. Cancel. I would never we're about thought to get canceled, about that. Guys. <laughs> yeah, we're, this was the episode we Gina, all, where are we going next? We got fired from our own podcast, which was really interesting. Going <laughs> <laughs> uh, to have to call you in the office. Anyway, all right. Here's Gilbert Burns. Here we are just a, a couple days out from a world title fight. Give me the idea. I mean, what's, what's the feelings like inside of you right now? I'm super excited and uh, been waiting for so long. <laughs> You know, November, December, maybe January, we're finally here. I'm very excited. I'm super happy to be here. But still a lot of work to do, you know, a lot of media, a lot a lot of media. I'm not a complainer. I'm doing everything on my best. But a lot of media, uh, still got to train, still work to do. I still study a lot, see a lot of things, strategies already on my head, things that I want to do. But still a lot of work to do, and I hope everything Still going on, you know, and then we make that fight happen on Saturday. I was going to say, is that, does that little worry in the back of your mind just a little bit after everything you've gone through? Yeah, yeah. It's still like first time here in Vegas wasn't the best time. Uh, got COVID, had to drive back. But one before was great because it was the title of the fight. So I have good good memories here, more than bad memories. And, uh, but still... I, I got to live by the hour, by the day, you know, make sure everything goes as planned. And, uh, but yeah, still have a little things. I can't wait to, to come Friday, make that way, you know, face off and come Saturday night. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm making the days count, counting the hours and very excited. You know what the storyline is here, man, the former training partners that have worked together. But I mean, realistically, Tell us, I mean, is there much of a, a psychological edge or a tactical edge that either one of you might have based on your experience together? Uh, not really. We, we, we had a lot of wars together. Can I, he can say, oh, I beat him a couple rounds. But I say, yeah, but I beat you a couple rounds too. So it's kind of very even the advantage that we have knowing each other's game. The thing that I believe I, I got advantage is the teammates because he left the team. And all the teammates that helped me get him prepared for him know him very well. And every single one of them, like, oh, he does this good. Watch out here. Oh, he, he, you're going to hit him with that one. So that, that feedback from, the, from my teammates was very good, from the coaches as well, was very different. If it was just me and Kamaru, yeah, 50-50. I know him. He knows me. But the difference with the teammates and the coach, yeah, that, that gave me a little advantage, I see. That's an interesting point. Um, of course, you were you know, a week out from fighting him back in July. So I'm curious, in getting ready this time, did you change anything in terms of either how you prepared or your game plan? Or is it pretty much just, hey, man, we, we had the right plan. We just, we just got to do that again. I kind of follow a lot of the plan that I had. But uh, for sure, I had a lot of more traps. You know, I have a lot of more time to see. I saw the Mazda fight. I saw a lot of things that I could use. I do believe he's going to come with little new things, you know, not a lot of things, but a couple of new things. Trevor Whitman, he's known as a good coach. I believe more as a boxing stance, so his hand might be a little bit sharper, but the plan is the same. Every time that I go to the octagon, I don't want to just hold the guy. I don't want to just hang. I don't want to buy time. I want to finish the guy, and that's what I'm looking for. I, the way I see that fight's going, or I'm going to knock him out, or I'm going to submit him. And that was the strategy on the first time. Now, 
I have more time to plan, to prepare, to get better. Get got very strong to that division right now. We're still in my speed, and uh, I I believe I'm I'm gonna bring a lot of danger to this fight. What was it like for you watching the Masvidal fight? I mean, was that torture, or were you scouting? I mean, what what was the feeling like? Yeah, that was painful. I think the two painful moments that I had on 2020 was Hunter called me saying I got positive, and they sending a guys to test me again. And after a couple of hours, he confirmed that I was positive again, and all my coaches were positive. That was the the worst news. And the second one was when Max Holloway fight was over, and I saw Masvidal walking in instead of me. That was that that hurt me a lot. You know, that was like man, it's supposed to be me there right now. And then saw Kamara getting freaking tired after the first round, and I was just like, man. And then I had a couple of whys. I'm like, why? Like, why? But turned out that I got the fight. I got a lot of more time to get stronger, to get prepared, to get ready. And uh, I do believe that right now I'm in a way better. It, it, the Gilbert Burns in February is way better than Gilbert Burns was last July. So. It's okay. It is what it is. I think everything happened for a reason. I still don't know the reason. One day I will know the reason, but I do. I do believe it was for the better, and I believe in a, on a better shape right now. Stylistically, it's a, it's a super interesting fight, right? So I'm curious. I mean, do you think he'll wrestle with you? Do you think he'll be willing to, to try? I mean, that's such a great part of his game, but it would seem like a very risky move against you. So do you think he'll wrestle? I hope so. And I do think we're going to wrestle, we're going to grapple, we're going to, you're going to the cage, you're going to strike. I don't think he's afraid of me. I'm not afraid of him eating, and it's going to be a battle, and I'm looking forward to it. But I do hope we grapple a lot and we wrestle. I want to wrestle. He's a wrestler's wrestle. I want to wrestle with him. The last thing for me, I mean, we think about your beginning, right? Your dad, you know, exchanging for, for, for Brazilian jiu-jitsu lessons, and now you're here fighting for a UFC world title. What would it mean to you and, and to your family for you to get this world title? Well, mean the word for me will be a confirmation of my parents and my dad making the, the tough but the right decisions at the right time, and me conquering that UFC world title will mean a lot. And then I got it. The, the way I see I said that multiple times, not only for me, you know, it's for me for sure because I do what I love, I do what I want. I, I want to be the champion. I don't have to be, but I want it to be. And uh, I do that for me first because I, I like to fight, I love to fight. That's what I love to be, is inside the octagon. But I do for my family as well, for my team, for the whole Brazilian fans, the Brazilian nation. They, they're suffering so much right now with COVID as the rest of the world. And I want to be a good hope for these guys, you know, see, they know from from my beginnings, from where I came from, you know, and I'm here right now on that big stage. So I want to show to everyone in Brazil that if I made it, you know, they can make it too because it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. I had a lot of ups and downs, but it wasn't ever impossible. I, I always believed in myself. I had a lot of good mentors on, on my, you know, my whole journey, on my whole career. I have a great coach, got great fighters behind me, great a lot of great person, and I, and I made it, you know, and then I just want to make that very clear in Brazil because if I could make, why not, you know, and then I want to be that big hope from Brazil and 
it's not only for me. For sure, it's for me, but it's for a lot of more people. So it means the world for me to, to be able to give it back for my parents and for a lot of person in Brazil. So I'm very looking forward. I'm super hungry. Hope everything goes okay these couple next days. And Saturday night, you guys see a new, a new king, a new champion. Gilbert. In, in your mind, why do you think this fight took so long to happen? A lot of things happened in between, to be honest. The first thing that, that, that my manager, Ali Abdelaziz, in the UFC approached me was for November, November 21st. And I heard, not sure, that Kamaru needs to do a, a steam cell, he needs to get better. So, and then they said, oh, December 12th. But then I know a lot of guys that he trains with in Florida, and the guys say, oh, he's saying he's not fighting December, even before the UFC confirmed that they said, oh, he's, he's not fighting. He, he's training, but he's not training, you know? And I kind of knew, I said, man, it's not going to be December. And then I was just like, Phew. And then they said January. And then, but then I heard Connor ask for that, that date on January. So it ended up being February. So I don't think he was physically ready, and I know him pretty well. I know he, Kamaru Usman gets so many injuries that he needs to take care. And the Conor McGregor fight, so I think, I don't think he was avoiding me, but I think it was, you know, a lot of things that was happening. He, uh, he left your team and, and, and your former coaches, and he's been pretty cool about it, but he recently started saying, oh, I, I need to show the junior guy that he can't beat the varsity guy, and these coaches are telling him that he can beat me, and he, he can't really. Do you think maybe as the fight's getting closer, he's starting to get a little bit annoyed about the situation? To be honest with you, I don't care what, what he feels, uh, but I do believe he's he's a little, you know, he, he still has a little feelings with the coach, with everything. And I, I, I just hope they, they, you know, they close that capture, they, that, they close that, that phase of their life good, you know. Coach end up good and he's been good, be helped, happy with, with his, you know, with his choice. And it is what it is. I, I think he's a little bit like, you know, when you finish that relationship and you're not in peace. I do believe he's a little bit on that stage. But I hope they finally close that capture and, and go to the next one, you know. I, I, like you just said, you want them to be better off, but yes. in part of you, does that not think, well, maybe there's an advantage for me if he looks in my corner and sees his old coaches, hey, I could have just that little percent, percent uh, advantage. To be honest, as soon as you get right there in the octagon close, uh, he's a champion for a reason. I do believe he's very strong mentally, so do I. And I think it's going to be a lot of mental battle, and I'm looking forward so much to that. And... Uh, I don't. I don't think that's gonna play a little. A little. Uh, I don't think that's gonna play too much on on his, I, against him, you know. But I just do believe, when you gotta deep down, dig deep on that fight, when because I do believe we're gonna hit the wall by third, third, second round, maybe third round, we're gonna hit that wall. I will, and he will too. And uh, if you watch a lot of fights, the Kobe Covington fight, and a lot of fights. He hit that wall sometimes on the beginning. And then if you saw, he was with the open eyes looking at the coach. And Henry was the one, hey, you're doing good, relax. You know, keep doing what you're doing. But Henry's not going to be there this time, not for him, not for me. So let's see who's going to dig very dig deep and, and see who really wants. Because I'm, I'm freaking hungry right here. I want to win that title, whatever it takes. 
I said multiple times, whatever it takes, I'm willing to die right there. I want to become a champion. It's not I don't have to, but I want to. And we'll see when when it's time to dig. He said multiple times he can dig so deep. So let's dig. I, I'm ready to. I know you said it was even most of the time in your sparring, but if there's one thing you can remember that you can take away being like, I know in this area I haven't beat from those spars together, what is it? I know I can submit him anywhere, anytime, in the bottom, on the top, in the cage, anywhere. He knows I can submit him. And he's, he, might, he, he might watch out for this. Because he knows. He, he, like he said, oh, people know who's going to win. He said, yeah, they know. Yeah, he knows. He knows you. Last thing for me, you just mentioned about all the media stuff. Seeing how nervous you are about this fight actually happening, is it talking about it, making it worse? Like every day you go, oh, my God. To be honest, I like it. Here right now, I like your guys' question, but a couple questions were just the same questions, the same questions, the same questions, and they hang up with one guy, and they come to the next guy, and they, they do exactly the same questions, and I was just like, <laughs> that was a little annoying, but I tried to, you know, I... I like to show a little bit my personality, I, I, you know, my, my, who I am, my training. I just try to, to still, even sometimes I get a little annoying with a couple of questions, not yours exactly, but I still trying to, you know, give the best out of me, you know. Well, if you become champion, you're going to get asked annoying questions like every week, so. I, I cannot wait for that. <laughs>
but who wins this matchup? It's 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 the cliche. The Styles make fights. This is this is the perfect example of that cliche of Styles yeah. make fights. And I I think uh, I just think it's it, it's supremely interesting. And I think you know again do, doing our thing of looking back into do you know. I had like three more sips while we were off air listening to the audio and it's just hit me like a fucking ton of bricks. <laughs> but anyway, but if you look at the two of them, like, <laughs> if you look at the two of them, I felt that Kamaru's quote-unquote energy, right? it's very much the, it's very much the champion versus the young, aggressive challenger. Right, right. I think Gilbert Burns is going to come out like a, like just, he's going to come out like a hound out of hell and I'm very interested in seeing not just the fight itself, but I believe the first three minutes, I think Gilbert's going to come at him yeah. very aggressively. And Kamara is the sort of guy who, even in the Colby fight, he wants to dictate his pace. He wants to dict- you know, he wants to let know. Let's not forget, we'll say what you want about the whole performance. Masvidal, Masvidal won the first round. He did. He looked amazing in the first round. He came out of that first round thought, ooh, whoa. Yeah. Whoa. And then he was, and then he was breathing done. heavy on the spool. Yeah. Still. But I, I think if Gilbert comes out really aggressively, we could have a very interesting fight. Yep. So you saying? are you saying that uh, Usman went out there with only 30% energy? Oh. oh. Wow. Man, we're going to bring that, up the past and throw it against people. Is that what you were inferring? I, you know what, though? I do <laughs> think that was, that was the kind of respect. The vibe that they had was like, Usman's like, oh. This kid has no idea what he's getting into yeah. right now, you know. Like that but was you, kind of the vibe. Uh, that he of was the, the media day. Yeah. yeah. See, I don't know. I had it different. I thought. No, like, I'm saying the Usman was carrying himself as that champion. The champion. You know champion what I mean? You're right. There, like, there is but something I don't, about I don't, the, the I don't champion. Mean, vibe. I don't mean that Kamaru was like, oh, this kid. I, I just felt he was like, you know, we. Sp- to me, uh, maybe I'm buying into it too much. I felt that when they talked about sparring, Kamara was like, "Yeah, you got the better of me, like then, but now it's different." I, I don't know. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy into the burn type and pick Usman. <laughs> I think I think they were both I think they were both very um compli- they they complimented each other both about it. they they neither one of them wanted to be like oh man I had the best of them I had the best of them both of them were humble enough to say that they both had their times mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty good um, cuz you could tell that there's still a lot of respect there but I can I can see where Usman you know and it's not that it's a matter of like a lack of hunger or a lack of drive, but there is something about once somebody becomes a champ and it sits there for a little bit, there's a sense of sort of, uh, not that maturity is the right word, but it's like there's a point where they know to, to, to talk this shit and there's a point where it's like, you know, where they're always like, oh my, I got, I'm going to, I'm going to go in there and I'm just going to knock this guy out. There's, a, there's, it feels like there's a point where they just kind of become comfortable and they just, you know, are not like, they're just at ease with well, themselves. I understand you know? that, but for me, I thought that one thing that was quite compelling was when I asked Gilbert about uh, why is this fight taking so long, he was like, well, you know, I know a lot of people around him, and they said he was training, but not training, training, and he's like, I don't know him, and he has a lot of injuries and stuff. I was like, man, is Kamaru, like, more fucked, like, physically, like, messed up than we realized? Like, I, that, to yeah. me, was the, the takeaway I got from both of them, because Gilbert was like, oh... I know he needs to take a lot of time off, and then Kamari came up and was like, "Well, my body, body I'm like, dude, are, you, are yeah. you are you like messed up?" Yeah. Right, here's, here's another here's another X factor because you I don't look it, you shredded piece. Yeah, right. Yeah. What about the Henry Hoof factor, right? Like, I respect that, and, and listen, I have a lot of respect for Henry Hoof, man. He is a fantastic coach, and I actually respect that he's kind of sticking to his guns here and saying, "Look, I said I wasn't going to be a part it's of the this right fight. thing today. I'm yeah. not. Gonna, he's doing the right thing. He's absolutely doing the right thing." But Usman has already made it clear, like, I'm not going back there. Like, he's yes. like, I, you know, may, you know. I left, and, 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 you know, he told me this. He said, look, because I, I asked him directly, I'm like, was it just this fight that caused you to leave? And he was like, 
not really. He's mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I was I was kind of ready for a move and ready for a change, ready for something different, you know, and, and he's done now. He's not going back. So, I mean, doesn't the fact that he's not going back, wouldn't that give Henry the right to step back in and say, I think, now I, think, I, I think it gives him, corner? I think it gives him the right, but there's something with – I think there's a, a code or there's a level of respect or there's a level of – understanding or love between like uh, a teacher and a prime student sure. or a coach and his and his athlete to the point where in his mind where he's going and he sees that two people that he cared or still probably cares very deeply for are going to go in there and the last thing that he wants to do is affect that overall the energy of that night of right. the energy of that fight regardless I respect the hell of we're doing yeah it. i mean i and i, I just think, wonder if it'll affect if it'll affect gilbert at all it, where it's like hey man I mean, once Usman said he's not coming back, like, can't you hop in my corner? I mean, I, 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 do, I do like the way that, that uh, Gilbert sort of addressed that because uh, there is that – you can tell he has the utmost respect for Henry. So then when Henry was like, I can't do this, he's like, I respect that, you know. And the it does hurt him in the sense that Henry has an incredible mind that I would want – that if I was down and out and I'm like, dude, I need some answers. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. I would want Henry there, yeah. but in that same sense, all the work's been done at this point. He knows what he needs to do, you know. So, if you know that you're, the only thing that you're like, man, if I get in a pinch, you know, I'd really want Henry to there. Don't get in a pinch. But, you know? but didn't Gilbert say it himself like, oh, you know, Kamara's been sort of rattled in the first round, and it's been Henry to calm him down in between. And he's like, yeah. and Henry's not there anymore. Just because Henry's not in Gilbert's corner doesn't mean that Henry's suddenly in Usman's corner, right? Right. You know, so I just wonder if it'll it'll play any factor. I mean, I guess I guess it was the plan the first time it's around, a, it's so it's still yeah. the plan the second time around. But I it think just, if, it just yeah. seems to me once Usman makes it clear, like <laughs> if he's stepping out only for one camp because we're not, you know what I mean? Like I get that. But when he's made it clear, he's not going back. And again, I'm not. This is not a knock on Henry. If anything, it's like, man, I, I have so much respect. I for agree. Henry I, for I, a lot of it's, it's a right move to do. It's a right. I just wonder. I mean. To me, he has a free pass to jump back in the corner if he wants, but he didn't, and and I just, but I just wonder if it will have any unless he does on it on fight. fight night. He's like, look at me, bitch, here I am. Or they, or they, uh, or they Facetime him in like they had Mike Brown and <laughs> yeah. Abu Dhabi. No, so he does. He does the uh, Stephen Bonner mask, and he pulls oh. his mask off. <laughs> no, I re- I respect him for for pulling himself out of it, and I and I think both <laughs> I think both fighters. I mean. They've, they've had their time. They had a relationship with him. So, But Gilbert doesn't need them in his corner. It, it, it hurts him that he's not there because, yeah, like you said, if you're but in again, a pinch. Again, how, much we, how much are we putting on the cornerman? Like, isn't the fight's the fight? You know? The is. fighters are the fight, but, I mean, who doesn't, whenever, especially when you get in a clinch, when you're in a clinch and you're sort of locked up and you're at a stalemate, the fighters do two things. They look up at the screen to see if they get an inclination of what they can't see on the backside the t- of the fighter. Or, or the how time, can I work yeah. out of it? They look at the time. Or they look over at their coach. Yeah, well, when tell I, me how when, to get out of this pickle. When I fight, tell me how to, you know yeah. what I mean? I fucking you know, don't need no one I mean, that's what I did the last time I was not there. Not out left, right, and shit. You know. But, I mean, I, I, I love the, the amount of respect. And the fact that Gilbert even addressed that and was like, you know, I respect Henry for what he's saying. And he, it, 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 uh, it bodes well for a coach to have that much respect for a current or a former um, training partner and, and tutelage to, to be like – I'm too close to this situation. I love you no, both. I right. need to step away. That's right, mate. That's, a, right good, that's a good no, that's damn right coach no, to right have. Dude, it, that's a good right person. Well, that's why he's so respected in the industry. And because I, he makes and decisions and like this and stick I completely to agree. Yeah. I he completely is, agree. Even if he's not the most uh, out front coach, 
uh, you know, in terms of like visibility, like he is, man, he is so well respected. That's another sign teams. of a good coach. When Agreed. A guy, when a guy's Agreed. like, I don't need. It's not about me. Right. Yeah. Here's my guys, but I'm gonna be right here in the back. And if you want to come, because he has never ever turned down an interview. How many times did we go to the Black Zillions gym to do interviews, and and they're like, Come on in. Yep. We have. We're not hiding anything. Whatever we, you want, come on in. Whatever you want to see. Like we're we're an open book. This is what it is. And they'd work, and they you know they did it for hours and hours. And I'm like Henry, can I can I still grab you for an interview? Of course. Yeah. You know, like what do no, you want? I mean, dude, I have the, the utmost respect for for what he has done, his team, and the way that he runs things. And that's why dudes have followed him. And he goes, I, I, I'm I'm leaving this gym, guy. I'm, I'm going elsewhere. We're gonna yeah. do this. This we're gonna start I something guess what? new. I'm rolling with you. They're like, oh, cool. We're part of the family, you know. So that's the family has always been a big thing for for those guys, especially the way that Henry runs his teams and he runs his camp. That is a family. So you might not be part of the family right now, but you're always part of the family. So I I can I respect when he's like, even though that there is possibility he's never going to come back, he's still part of the family. It's cool, and they'll always have respect. No, he's dead know? to them now. It's <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm intrigued by this main event. I, I'm excited for it. I cannot wait for uh, this fight uh, for all the reasons we talked about. Let's get into the co-main real quick. Macy Barber versus Alexa Grasso. Uh, it's interesting, right, because I think Kamaru Usman is, is, a, is a fighter that doesn't get the respect that he probably deserves. I think Macy Barber is a fighter that probably gets more hate than she actually deserves. Yeah. I, I, I understand why the young, uh, you know, if you want to say cocky, well, I guess. Listen, John, if you look at me, it's the same thing. It's like young, handsome, beautiful Taking over people. the world. Everybody beautiful thinks, people. Everybody thinks next Award big nominated. Yeah. Yeah. People hate on success. Everybody goes, clearly this is the next superstar. It does. The parallels are endless. All right, let's do this. Uh, we, we did we did have a chance to talk to Macy Barber. It's the first time I had spoken to her since, of course, the loss to Roxanne Motiferi, uh and, of course, the, the knee injury and everything that she had to do and the, you know, the coming back from that she's changed gyms um she's done a lot of things uh so i had a chance to talk to her uh oscar was there as well but it, i'll just play a little bit i don't <laughs> care about that yeah. but yeah. fuck yeah. his bit i mean you already know that they're basically the same person anyway <laughs> so you can't uh do you know do you know that oh, i can't believe i'm saying this on podcast every time i interview macy barber i'm like annoyed she doesn't give me more attention because i got an english accent i'm like she should find me more attractive than she does and she just <laughs> never does she never should does ask to take her on a date we have gone no, uh, so dude, off the rails. Just, it pisses me off. It's like, look at me! <laughs> the accent is supposed <laughs> to be magnetic. All right. Come on! As shocking Roxy, as that is. Let's, 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 hear from, uh, let's hear from Macy Barber. Let everybody make their own judgment, and then we'll talk about kind of what, what, we, what we took out of this part of the conversation. Macy, obviously it's been a year away, right? So I guess what's, what's the emotion and the energy like right now being back? I mean, I know it's a, a different world now, but, uh, but you're back on a fight week. Um, at first, it was a little bit surreal, uh, just just being able to say, you know, I'm coming into a fight week. It's it's a little bit crazy, just because you know it has been a year. So I forgot all those feelings, but at the same time, it's like, dang, just yesterday I was I was here, and and it feels like I'm I'm right back where I belong. So I'm excited. You know, there's a lot of good emotions coming into this fight, and uh, there's been a lot of hard work put in in this last year. So I'm ready to show it off. I was going to ask you, I mean, for this past year, what was the hardest part? I mean, was it the physical recovery of getting over it, or was there, like, some mental challenges that maybe you didn't realize you were going to have to deal with along the way? You know, I think there was a lot just because of I had the injury, and then I had surgery, and then we ran into the, the COVID and, and the quarantine and, and a lot of different things and a lot of different factors. Um, for me, you know, just as a fighter and as an athlete, being taken out of the gym and, and out of, like, training – 
that's hard because I went from being three years old and training my entire life, being an athlete, being active, to, okay, now you're out, you can't even walk unless you're on crutches and you have a brace, you can't do anything physical for a while. Um, it was like, what do I do? Like, what, what am I supposed to do with myself? Um, so it was a little bit challenging at first. Um, but then after that, you know, it was, it was easier because as I got healthier, it was more physical therapy. So I had more distractions. You know, I was able to go to therapy two, three times a day for a couple hours a day. It was like just obsessing yourself with becoming um, stronger and better and, and just healthy again and, and getting back to being able to train. And then after that, I was able to train and start striking and then wrestling and grappling. So um, overall, the, the recovery has been good. But obviously, we all ran into some hiccups with quarantine. And, and it wasn't just hard on me. It was hard on a lot of people. So I think uh, the added challenge of for everybody of trying to figure out what to do with your life and how to adjust to the changes, um, I think that didn't just teach me a lot of lessons, but it taught everybody lessons. I don't know how much you let yourself soak it in, but there was a lot of fan backlash after the last fight. And I'm just curious if you did see it, and if so, I mean, was it upsetting to see some of, of the stuff that was out there? You know, I try not to pay too much attention because deep down, you know, I knew that I was prepared to go into a fight. And when you sign on the line to, to fight, you know that you're, you're saying, hey, I'm ready to go get into an octagon with another human and get locked in this cage, and one of us is going to go down. And... I suffered an injury, and I suffered a, a, a very bad one, you know, and, and I still am going to fight through it. Uh, and, and people on the outside, they're always going to have something to say, you know, whether it's good or bad. Uh, the thing that matters is they have something to say, you know, they have an opinion on it. And, and that's what matters because I want, some, I want people to be able to um, have an opinion whether it's good or, or negative. So um, I didn't really care if it was good or bad. I was just like, hey, they're commenting, so we're good. Fair enough. Uh, is the countdown still on the phone, or did the, did the year off, you know, throw a wrench in the plans? Uh, the countdown's still going. Um, I did get an iPhone, though, so now it's a little bit different because you can't have, like, the little thing on your screen. Um, but it's still there. And uh, January 18th of 2022 is when I'll – that's, like, the end date for me to be 23 years and eight months. So um, I turned 23 in May, and uh, we're still going towards that title. That's awesome. I'm curious. I mean, obviously, to have that kind of drive and that focus, it's, it's key, right? But do you regret ever that that, like, became public? Like, do you wish maybe, like, only, only you knew what the, that, 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 that countdown was there and what was going on? No. If you keep your, your goals and your ambitions hidden, it just means you're not confident in them. And I'm confident in my goals and my ambitions and my, and my dreams, you know, and I'm always going to speak it out. Um, I, I said this on another interview is, like, I, I've mentioned it a couple of times. People say your confidence is perceived as cockiness. And I'm like... If, if, if you feel that you're uh, confident in something, you should be able to speak it out. You should be able to say it, you know, because you want everybody to know because that just keeps you accountable. That keeps you going towards that. And I want people to, to be able to follow that dream, you know. That gives other people something to follow. Um, and I want that, you know. I don't want to just keep things to myself because if I keep it to myself, not everybody's going to benefit from it. So I want, I want everybody to benefit from the story, from the challenge, from the, to be able to follow. It's almost like they're able to be a part of it, you know? And I want everybody to be a part of my career because what fun is doing things alone? It's not. So I want to share with as many people as possible. Very cool. Certainly not an easy matchup in your return here, right? Obviously an accomplished fighter and Alexa, great, great striker. Um, what did you think when they handed you this matchup? What, what was your initial reaction? Uh, the initial reaction was say yes, because we've never turned down a fight. Um, 
she's tough. You know, she's a great fighter, and she's strong. She's got a great following behind her. I have a great following behind me. I think it's a great fight. Um, there's going to be a lot of eyes for co-main event, you know. We have a great fight ahead of us, and I'm super excited for it, and I'm ready to go out there and get a finish. What's the team going to be in the corner? I know you've kind of changed things around a little bit, so who's going to be in the corner? Yeah, so we had a little bit of a change-up. I went from Milwaukee to Chicago, and I'm now working with Mike Valley and Izzy Martinez. Um, unfortunately, Izzy tested positive for COVID a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, something like that, and so we had a quick change of change of direction and now I have Jafari in my corner he's like the fill-in wrestling coach um but you know I we're good so we got wrestling we got uh Mike Valley and then my brother's in my corner as well but my team and my my training has been phenomenal this this camp and uh I'm excited Very nice. last thing for me obviously 2020 didn't work out the way you wanted it to uh but what are the goals in 2021 I mean are there do you feel like you need to make up for lost time I know mean, you said you're still chasing that title so do you feel like you got to fight frequently what's the goal uh, well, first of all, I want to say that 2020 went exactly how it was supposed to be. Um, it may not have been beautiful the whole time, but there was a lot of lessons, a lot of growth, and a lot of things that I am so thankful for. You know, I, I'm glad I got the injury, you know, because it taught me a lot, and I need to be the, the fighter that is super um, well-rounded and just knowing how to, how to be prepared everywhere. And I want to be prepared even for an injury, even for um adversity and I, I want that so 2020 went exactly how it was supposed to and we overcame that year and 2020 has been great 2021 has been great to start um and i see it going with me getting this win over alexa i've already said that i wanted to fight jo uh, joanne calderwood um and then i wanted the title fight you know that's that's how i see the path going and i already told dana and he gave me the thumbs up and was like all right let's do it kind of thing um but we'll, we'll see you know obviously everything happens the way it's supposed to happen and we just come prepared and we're ready to show what we need to show. All right, so uh, listen, I, I understand people have very strong feelings about Macy Barber. I want to say this. Uh, I'll, I'll throw out my thoughts and then, Oscar, I'll let you chime in on, on, on what you felt. I will say this. I love the fact that she still says, you know, look, I don't regret that, that I let it be known this is what I wanted for myself. I, I don't, And I still am chasing that dream of being the youngest champion ever. Um, obviously, this lost year and the loss is going to make that incredibly hard for her to accomplish, but she still sees a path to get there. Um, and I know after after my questions finished, you know, you kind of went into the fact that she wants to fight Joanne Calderwood, and, you know, she thinks that, hey, if I win this, and then I could maybe headline with Joanne Calderwood, and then maybe I could get a title fight. I mean, listen, it's an uphill battle, but I, I respect the fact that she has that confidence. I really, really do. Here's what I did find interesting is that, you know, when we talked about the loss, she talks about the injury, not the loss as much. Right, you know yes, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yes. And I thought that was interesting. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I hope – that she learned the lesson. I mean, that's it's uh, you know a, a, a very very important uh, figure in the industry wrote a book called Win or Learn. I don't know if you've seen this or not, uh, but <sighs> I, I, the me. name is escaping me right now. But I just remember it was a very available. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so great when when Kavanaugh did that at the uh, the media day in Abu Dhabi. But no, the most cheerful he's ever been. By the oh, way. that was phenomenal. That 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 interview was great. But it was funny how he plugged his book. But. But it's but it's and by the way it's a good book if you haven't read Winter Learn you should it is actually a, f a very entertaining book I did no I liked it you didn't I thought it was good of course I like it. <laughs> I'm not plugging it's like you th you're making a face that you think I'm being silly like I'm just making no, stuff no, no, up no, like no, I liked no. it anyway Macy Barber yeah great. 
Macy Barber. Uh, I just hope that she really did learn the lessons that 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 were there. Um, well, see, I don't think she did. That's what I'm afraid. That's why, and that's why I think that if if Alexa Grasso can pressure her early and get her maybe in her own head a little bit of like, oh man, see, are I, we picking up right, right, left off? See, if I was Alexa Grasso, I'd be spamming fucking kicks to that leg. Yeah, I would be nailing that area of the leg as hard as I could, yeah. as straight away. And I think Macy. It's interesting you said that because Macy is almost like a, a politician in her interviews where she's charismatic, but she, she has a statement to make and she comes up there to make the statement she wants to tell. Right. And I found it very interesting, like you said, she accepted the injury, but not the loss. And right. obviously after her loss, everyone remembers her dad going fucking insane on uh, and saying that, sure. you know, his daughter was Jesus or something. I can't remember. But... I find it interesting as well that she didn't seem to commit to the loss. She committed yes. to the, well, I got hurt, and then I was out. You know, yep. it's like we, you also got beaten. And and listen, I don't want to. I don't want to take away from the fact that well, it's she's twenty two. She's twenty two. Well, she is. She is very young. Like I, I always, and that I've always said that about her too. Like if people have been interviewing me, she's at that like age, ten I'd, years older than Kenny. Like I'd, <laughs> I'd say some silly stuff, but. Wow, that just, I mean, so <laughs> off the rails. Sorry. Uh, I can't even think anymore. I, I can't even think anymore. But no. I like all ages. <laughs> but no. <laughs> Jesus. Is it too late to start over? Can we can we start over? The, mm, uh, he started, John. It's he his fault. It, yeah. um, no, but uh, the thing is, it's not, it's not that you don't get to mention the injury. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, the injury probably did you know, contribute significantly to her performance cool. in that fight. But, but she, she never specified anything. She didn't even mention Roxy. Right? Exactly. She, she literally went, I had an injury right. and I was put out. I, I, dude, I think Macy is, I'm not a Macy hater. I really no, enjoy Macy. I like, yeah. and, and the only time I sort of got off the Macy train was when she was like, well, you know, I have the countdown clock so people can join me on this journey. It's like, listen, I don't know if you know how much people like value. Like, I think people want to watch you fail, not watch you break this. I, I hate think, that, though. I hate, yeah, it, though. I hate that, too. But don't you think that there's a role in that, too? And she was so close to embracing that role. Like, oh, you all want to see me fail, and I'm not going to let you see me fail. Right. I, I thought she was she was so close there on the Connor card uh, at 2.46. And I think... When she came back today, or yesterday, I, she she's she's so charismatic; it's undeniable. Yep. She really is. I saw some fighting fundamental flaws with her in her performances. Like her head stays right in the middle. Yes, it does. Um, but she's she's a character, and again, what do we want in this sport? We want characters who aren't professional wrestlers. Right. I I want characters who are just. Eccentric. I don't want characters who are over the top, like doing characters, you know, maybe wearing red fucking hats or whatever. I want people. Like, who- as much as I love Colby Covington behind the scenes, and I do, I love Colby Covington behind the scenes. I hate his character. His shtick. I, 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 no, I, I tell you what. I hate it. I, do, I don't want a shtick. I want a flamboyant person. Yeah. And she's there, man. She's yeah. right there. And and, and fair- she has skill, man. She really does. Which is oh, funny. Dude, I, fair fucks to her. She's already worked out a title shot. Yeah. Convincing JoJo to take that fight, I don't know. But we'll see how she performs in this one. I, I will say Alexa Grasso is one of, one of my favorite uh, female fighters to watch fight. Man, her boxing is so crisp. Man, her Irene Aldana as well. Obviously, her teammate. They both have so so you know great boxing. I love watching them fight. So I'm interested to see how this plays out because uh, I think Grasso could just box her ears off. You know what I'm saying? I think she really could yeah. if she wants to. But she could look at a wrestle. 
Exactly. Yeah. She could also get grinded down real quick. All right, feature fight in this one, uh, Kelvin Gaslin versus Ian Heinish. Uh, quickly, guys, I mean, dude, I, this man, I, I hate to say crossroads fight for Kelvin Gaslin, but, man, when you think about the results and, and uh, kind of where he's been, he's on this losing streak, I think this is an important fight. And, and you know, Kelvin Gaslin, obviously, you know, you know, fight of the year against Israel Adesanya, no faults there. Flat in the loss to Darren Till. Shocking in the loss to Jack Hermanson, but, you know, you, you get – I guess you get caught on a heel Jack hook or whatever. Who? Hermanson. Sometimes I mispronounce it. I said Hermanson forever. Hermanson. I'm like – I said Hermanson forever, and then I was like, oh, it's Hermanson. Hermanson. Yeah. yeah sometimes I do that. <laughs> I, I still say uh, Abby – Kenny, I brought you in to be like, like, okay, you bring some structure back to the podcast. I tapped him. <laughs> for the listeners, I tapped him on the shoulder. It's I was like, okay, you get it. And he comes in and he's a cute I mean, dude, like Abby Subban called me on it one time. Like I still say uh, Tiago Alves to this day because that's the way we. Yeah, that was. Because that's the way we said yeah. it to the to, like in Tiago the beginning. Alves. Yeah. yeah. You fuckers need to learn English. Right? <laughs> Jesus. And but that's the way we said it. <laughs> the, in the Queen's beginning. English are nothing else. <laughs> is it? Is it too late to start over? I'm trying to think. If we started over now, <laughs> not still. We got weigh-ins in the morning, but we could still. Jeez, we have weigh-ins in the morning at six thirty, and I feel like eighteen years of my life have been drained. <laughs> All right, so real quick, let's talk about this fight because, listen, I think this is a key fight because, again, all right, Israel Adesanya, Darren Till, Jack Hermanson, before that, Hinaldo Souza, Michael Bisping, Chris Weidman, Vitor Belfort, even go to Tim Kennedy, mm-hmm. Johnny Hendricks, Neil Magny, Nate Marquardt, Tyron Woodley, Jake Ellenberger. If you don't know what I just read, that is consecutively the people that Kelvin Gastelum has fought. Are you fucking serious? Tell me that that is not, I mean... That's a who's... Dude, that is probably the most murderous row of fighters I've ever heard in my murderous life. Murderous row, man. That is unbelievable. So then you see Ian Heinish, and I'm not trying to disrespect <laughs> Ian Heinish. Dangerous. No, I mean, listen. Dangerous. The guy is dangerous, man. The guy is dangerous, but he doesn't have that, you know, the level of accomplishments of any of those fighters. So I just think this is such an important moment for Kelvin Gaston. Like, you, you, you got to win this fight, right? You got to win this fight. I mean, even outside the fact of it's three losses, you know, like we've seen guys like Yoel Romero who are absolute beasts, you know, reach a point where at some point the UFC is like, is this is this the time where he's still good enough that we can get top value to give him to another organization? That is where Kelvin's at, unfortunately, if should he lose this fight. I mean, even if he wins, there's no guarantee. I mean, like, Kelvin's been around, but I could see where Kelvin's one of these guys that Dane and these guys are looking. They're like, all right, well, let's look at the last three guys he's fought. He fought the champ, and it was one hell of a fight. But then it was like Darren Till. Okay, Darren Till... Was was a good fight, but Darren's not at the top of the division. Right, he's not the top. And and and, he and, was, and, and Kelvin was flat in that fight. You know, no and question. and that's the thing. I mean, like this this fight is one of those ones where he needs to have the utmost incredible performance, and even then, it's still no guarantee that the UFC keeps him around. It's unfortunate. I, some of these guys that, and when we've seen these roster cuts, he's at the position right now where he needs to still show that he is <clears throat> a contender. For the title, every every fight that he doesn't, he's he becomes more of a economic liability Wait, for the UFC, and that's and it's and it sucks to say it, but that's the reality of things. Like, it's not like he goes to every press conference. That's not like he goes to everything, and everybody's like, "Oh my God, that Calvin content is the best." <laughs> but like, he, even but for us, he, he was he was a little flat when yeah. he, when he started the interview. I mean, it was. But don't you think that as crazy as it is, and this is just the 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 market machine. 
if Ian Heinish beats Kelvin, right, yeah. in two weeks, who gets more views? An Ian Heinish interview or a Kelvin interview? Probably still the Kelvin Probably interview. Still the Kelvin interview. Sure. Do you know what I mean? But he has that, that name recognition from sure. it, literally right. from one performance in the Izzy fight. It, it's hard because he's so young. It's hard for them to let him go. You I know? don't think this is do or die. But in, but this in is, terms of career, in, in yes. terms of like a, what can I car- uh, achieve as an athlete? Yeah, if if you're not being Ian Heinish, all respect to Ian Heinish, if you're not being Ian Heinish and you were fighting for the title, interim title uh, last year, if you're not beating this fight, you, well, that's that's you done, man. It's hard, it's hard to keep upselling somebody with four losses. Yeah. Because then you reach the point, they've already established this whole like three losses and you're gone sort of deal. Like, oh, that's so then you start getting, And then you start getting, but then you start getting people off to the side. Why is this guy still here? Yeah, but you only get like four or whatever if you're Anderson Silva. You know what I mean? You're right. gonna be at the top, like at the very I mean, top. I mean, I don't look. I don't think they. I I don't think they cut Kelvin if he loses here. I don't. I even with the numbers, no, numbers I don't. he's not paid that much. It's just I I feel like it's an important still, moment. Still, I mean, for him. it's spill with that like the whole thing. It's not out even, of look. It's not out. Even of the like question. with like the no. Heinish. Heinish is like the if you if you want to think of like the new breed, especially like these contender cats. But that the, are, the new that breed means up. the new athlete, not the new star, right? So like like I just said, Ian Heinish might fucking murder Kelvin. Doesn't mean he's the new middleweight. Yeah, but, you know but, what I mean? It's, it's, but I mean, don't you think they've squeezed everything they can get out of Kelvin? And when they get four losses, no, we can fucking but if make you get him die losses, to someone else. Yeah, you, you know, but you get four losses. It's hard to kind of keep going back to the well, trying to tell people he's the next whatever. As much as I like Kelvin and I think he's a hell of a fighter, it's just tough to to see them recycle a guy that's coming back in and then at that point it would be four losses. This is an important night. Because then at it's that point, I mean, already the, is, already man. this already this fight right here is a fight that's sort of like, are you still it's, worth it's, keeping it's, around? It's this is a are you worth keeping around but fight it, right but here. But realistically, John just hit it is an important night. It's more important than that. If Kelvin really wants to be a title contender ever again, all respect, he should smoke it in That's Heinish. what I mean. And I'm not trying to it's more Ian Heinish, it's, it's more important if you're gonna be at that move, you're talking about championship level. Yeah, it, like if right. you're if you're gonna be more important than just like one of the guys, you should be fucking murking a gun. You know? So who'd you guys pick on this one? Ian Heinish. <laughs> I don't remember who I picked in this one. I was, I was I torn picked on Heinish. It. I went Heinish. On I think one. Heinish will probably win too, man. I think Kelvin's at a fucked up place in his life. Right, and that's the thing. The UFC is pretty good at finding guys when they can. They need when they can get. And, and I'm not trying to sound like. Disconnected to the whole connection that you know we've we've you know Kelvin has given to us as to entertain us and be around for so long, but I think we've all start to realize at a certain point the UFC finds they cut guys while they're still worth something. Yeah, they don't cut them after there's no value there. If Kelvin doesn't win this fight and let alone win it in in good fashion, if it's just sort of a ah we went to a decision, people are like wow Kelvin still looked flat. Calvin's job is is in jeopardy. I, for I the believe record, that. I, I rolled. I rolled with the old dog. I rolled with Kelvin Gastelum. So yeah. we'll, we'll see how it plays out. All right. Let's. Uh, Not that I want that. No, I but, know. But, but it's, I, I just it's think just, it's, it's so tough I'm right telling now. You, I mean, that's like, why. That's why to me, again, this card. I understand. Tough out here for a pimp. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's why I'm saying this card. Like I understand why people might say this isn't worth seventy bucks. I get it, but I'm so intrigued by the main event. I'm intrigued by the co-main event. I'm intrigued by this fight right here because I feel like there's so much on the line, especially for Kelvin Gasman. I feel like this is a career-defining type of night for him, man. For both of them. Yeah, for, for if, both if, of them. If, if Ian gets this win, this is the win where people can't deny the fact that this guy is a talent, that yeah. that he 
I mean, he's got such a crazy story his in his own right. Yeah. I mean, like, oh, this is this is this is one of those fights that if he can go out there and get a win here, I mean, this is this is this is uh, this is where his career literally goes so in a whole different break trajectory. Your break yeah. your moment for sure. For sure. So I mean, this is this could, this could be the the start of somebody's becoming a really really big prospect. Yep. And the possibility of somebody losing their career. All right, a late addition to the card and a late bump to the main card, Bobby Green versus Jim Miller. Uh, <laughs> anybody, anybody that listens to this show knows that Bobby Green is a roadshow favorite. If you've been listening to this show for a long time, you know that Bobby Green is a roadshow favorite. He solidified that position once again. Of course, we talked about him <laughs> off the top of the virtual the media day. virtual media day that's ever Already been gave the best virtual media day. But then uh, the day prior, man, he gave us this interview, which I thought was phenomenal. Originally, as I was driving over here today to do this, I thought, you know what? I'm going to have to be sure to point out to folks um, that this is a not safe for work kind of interview. <laughs> uh, that well, that if you've got if you've got if, kids around or maybe you're listening out loud. If you've been playing enough, this at work anyway, you've well, already see, realized. See, that's what I'm, see, that's where I'm going with it. That's what I was thinking on the drive over I, here. I, at the very beginning, Joe went. Well, so and so said, ooh, thing. And I was like, oh, that's sad. And then I said, fuck, 10 seconds yeah, later. And, I was like, oh. yeah, and then I was humping yeah. their ears. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, so that's what I was going to say. Now I'm just going to say, <laughs> fuck it. I mean, you're, <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you're done already, you're already heard, fired. You're done already heard yeah, everything yeah. else anyway. <laughs> yeah, you're already sitting in HR right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Don't play him this bit. <laughs> Uh, here is Bobby Green uh, proving to us once again why he is one of my absolute favorite all-time interviews in the sport. Bobby, it's uh, good to see you again, man. Uh, talk about the, the last time out, man. I mean, I know that was a, a difficult result overall. Was it frustrating, you know, to, to see the win streak snapped and then also just the decision itself? I know, I know, bro. Don't even remind me. Don't even remind me. <laughs> what is wrong with these judges? They're fired. I got twice as many numbers as him. I don't know how you saw that, but it is what it is. I'm so used to it, you know? We're in Black History Month. Let's, let's have fun. <laughs> what, well, I mean, what, like, are there any lessons you could take out? Because I know we always say, well, if you, you know, you win or you learn, right? You, you, you learn. But when it's something like that where you, you're pretty sure you won and then you didn't, I mean, is there anything you can take out of that and change, improve, adjust? That's a great question, bro. Um... I'm going to try to keep it real with you. <laughs> oh, shit. I don't know, bro. Like, with this shit, it's so crazy, bro. It's so crazy. I just got to take my liquors and keep it going, you know? I'm just a strong man. Like, y'all done broke my heart a few times. And, hey, I'm right here. And I came back again. And I came back again. <laughs> you can't break me, okay? I'll be here. Fair enough. So then you get this matchup with a, with a fellow veteran like yourself. Obviously, he's had more octagon walks than anybody. What, what did you think when they came to you with the name Jim Miller? What did I think? Um, he's got just as much experience, maybe a little bit more. I thought, same thing I thought for Clay Guida. What can I give this guy that he hasn't seen before? They've seen everything. The best strikers, the best ground guys, wrestlers. What can you give them that's different? And Jim knows it. Jim said it best. He said, I'm unique. And that's the best compliment you can give a fighter is that I've been working on my craft and my style. My style is unique. And you can't prepare for it. You can't figure out me. I'm going to switch it on the fly. I call myself like a quarterback. Like, I get out there and I'm like, oh, yeah, that was the game plan. But I'm throwing the whole game plan out. This is how he's fighting and this is how we're going to fight. 
Like, my coach be like, man, I want you to move more. I'm like, no, nah, coach, he's standing in front of me. We need to, we got to go toes. So I call different, different plays according to the fight, you know. If that guy's fighting like this, I need to be able to go, oh, call an audible. Switch it up. We're not doing that. We're doing this. Yeah. yeah. Is there an overall philosophy to your style? I mean, as you said, it's, it's incredibly unique. It's incredibly entertaining. I mean, is there like <laughs> an, an overriding philosophy to it? Is there a philosophy to it? I just want to be remembered. I just want to be respected by my peers, you know? Like, I feel like all these cats be hating on me, like, and don't want to give me my shine, you know, just because of my record and, and what I deal with. But I feel like Dustin Poirier is the only guy to ever really beat me, you know? And I'm not going to go into that fight, but anyways, I just be doing me, bro. I'm having fun with this shit. I made almost a half a million dollars last year. I'm fucking on. Ain't nobody beating me right now. I'm fucking on. What does what does drive you? You know what I mean? Do you still I mean, do you still dream of a of a world title or is it Fuck what? no. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the Burchard bubble because that's what every fucking fighter says. Like, oh, I want a world title, I want a world title. No, I'm trying to take care of all my family. You know, take care of my friends, have a great life, you know, have a little cash, a little nice car, a couple of houses. I'm good. Y'all can have the game. I'm good. So let me pay my house off. Y'all can have this motherfucker. I, I enjoyed it. I brought my style. I hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't, fuck you. How long do you think you want to keep doing this? Because I feel like you have this kind of tortured relationship with MMA. Like it's you're like you're 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 great at it and you're very fun and you're entertaining, but I also feel like sometimes you hate the they game. They hate me, yeah. It's a love-hate thing, you know? I hate this bitch sometimes. She she loves me, she wakes me up sometimes, she she gives me a little bit of love. And other days, she don't want to talk. And she we haven't had any conversations lately. Yeah, it's like a woman, you know. It is what it is. Uh, but you take your lickings and you try to make up. Babe, I'm sorry. Can we, uh, 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 you know? <laughs> oh, shit. I'm having so much fun. So what, if you could pick one, a win that's kind of boring and nobody really remembers, or a loss and a fight of the night that people walk away saying, damn, did you see that Bobby Green fight last night? Which one do you take? Come on, bro. That's not even a, that's not even a, that's not even a close thing. I'll take the loss. I'll keep it 100. Losses don't mean anything to me, bro. They don't mean anything. Like, you have to be there and understand what happened. And so the average geek or nerd sees your record and go, oh, you lost, and you lost. Like, nah, you wasn't there in that fight, bro. You don't know what really happened. And if you ain't paying attention, you're going to sleep on me, and I'm going to wake you up. I think I know what kind of fight we're going to see, but uh, what, do you, what do you see when you play this thing out of your head? What, what kind of fight are we going to see on Saturday? I've been playing a couple things in my head. Should I be more aggressive? Should I take my time and, and, and fill it out? There's so many different things. Like I said, it's a quarterback thing. I'm just going to get in there. And, and Jim will tell me. He'll tell me. He'll go, oh, I'm trying to do this. Okay, cool. Let's do that then. Last thing for me, whose respect do you want most? I mean, when you fight for this, I mean, it's about paychecks for you, right? It's about, you say, taking care of your family. But Man. do you want respect from the fans, or is it more about respect from your peers? What, I mean, how do you want to be remembered? The fans are finicky, okay? The fans are finicky. Like, I like the diehards. I like the diehards. But as far as, like you said, the money and stuff, that it's for the money in a way. Yeah, I do. But the most important thing is that I could die and have my respect, you know? I still got fighters that tell me, who the fuck are you? And, and, and that I'm the worst fighter in the USC division. I'm like, whoa. Okay, interesting. I still haven't got my respect. But... That's like I said, those fanicans, the fans are finicky. I'm really want to do it for the guys like, like Joe Rogan. You know what I'm saying? The guys like, like Chel Sonnen, who's the, the heads. As long as I get the respect from those guys, 
hey, I can lay it down. But until then, I'm going to keep going at it until I can say, hey, I got Joe Rogan say, that guy's good, you know? Until then, I'm going to keep going. Bobby. You mentioned something there about losses, about the fans might think you lost, but they weren't in the fight. It sort of reminds me of like Nate and Nick Diaz have said in the past where... Those my dogs. The, the record might say that you lost the fight, but being in there, you know you actually won, and the other guy knows who actually won the fight. Is that, is that something that happens? Yeah, Nate Diaz Army. We, Nick Diaz Army. All day. We all feel the same way, you know? Like, we got bullshit judges that don't really understand fighting, you know? They don't understand what we're doing and what's happening, what's an actual score and what's not a score, what's a good hit. You know, sometimes I got guys that are scoring and when I'm blocking a kick and I hit it in my arm. But they scored that as a kick, I guess so. Cool. Jim Miller was out here earlier and he says he thinks he's seen pretty much everything there is to say. He it's, thinks he's seen pretty much everything. Yeah, he's but I got a couple of tricks for Jim. <laughs> I'm like, hey, you ain't seen this yet. I'm going to show you something different, buddy. Well, that was my question. What, what tricks do you have that a guy like Jim hasn't seen yet? Um, I thought about that like with Clay. So I was like, what can I do to Clay that's different? So Clay was trying to shoot in and like keep me against their cage. I think I hit him somewhere and the crowd was like, hey, watch it. I was like, hey, I'm sorry, fucker. I took it in his ear, you know, just to try to joke around with him. And he was like, he froze for a second and he like, oh, okay. He just like, what the? Nobody's ever did that to me, you know? So I'm doing it. Good stuff. Last one for me, half a mil. What was your biggest expenditure last year? Oh, no. So don't just put that to my name. That's not what you get after taxes, okay? Yeah. After taxes in this, after taxes and three baby mamas, because I got three, black, white, and Mexican. Uh, it's, it went gone. It's already gone. It's already gone. <laughs> Which was the most expensive? The most expensive thing I got? No, out of the, the women. Oh, man. No, that's... You don't even get into that. But then it's a competition. They're like, well, you spent that much on that one. You spent that much on that one. You don't love your son as much as these ones? I'm like, oh, I never can win. I can't win. I just try to do the best I can. Listen, I, I, Bobby Green may not be for everybody, but he's for me. I love that guy, man. I'll tell you right now, that, that dude's interviews are the absolute best. He keeps it real. I just love the fact that, you know, right off the bat, it's like, nah, I'm not going for a title, man. You know, I'm just trying to get my houses paid off. And I have three women. Take care of the women. Uh, listen, a tough fight, but I love – now, this one's tough too, right, because Jim Miller. How do you not have respect for Jim Miller, yeah. you know? I mean, I mean, you know – the dude has done it more than anybody else. More walks than anybody else, man. You got to respect the hell out of that. And, man, it, it seems like is like better now than he ever has been. It's crazy. He's at a great stage in his career. Um, well, remember, too, for most of his career, our battling good, Lyme disease. Chunky had the Lyme disease. Battling and he Lyme said disease. after that, he's like, I literally feel like my career has started, started over. Started over. Which is just unreal that a guy with that much experience and been doing it for so long felt like he was a brand new fighter. It's crazy. It was like it was like when you hear some people and they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna go train, but I'm gonna wear weights when I go running. So when I take the weights off, you know, it feels like nothing." So he I took he's the Lyme disease off. Yeah, That's he, it. he's been <laughs> handicapped a good portion That's a bit of his like me career. When I took the HPV off, and then I yeah, and, and you look like a totally different guy now. You get around, you're so much better, much more energy. <laughs> you're so bad. I'm sorry, man. But no, but look at look at look at what has happened, and I'm so happy for him because I mean, it couldn't come to a. a 
a better guy. Yeah. You know, if, I mean, if there's a guy that we've always said is a good representative of the sport, I mean, it's Jim Miller. I mean, he's a legend, man. He, he is. really, really and is. Dude, when you ask him questions, seven like, trips to the cage, when, dude. <laughs> when you ask him questions, he's, he's so coherent. He's like, well, yeah. the, the the funny thing about that is, yeah. he's like, oh, yeah. I'm real. I literally want to just hang out and like go fishing and like hang out and like. Does he like bruise his gear off. and stuff? He does and, like everything. Yeah. He's literally a good old boy. You know, I mean, he he is. And it's incredible. I mean, to think that, you know, um, everything that he's went through and the fights that he's had, he still has a love for the sport. He has a there's there's something about when you watch the interviews. There's one thing when it seems like a a guy is just going through the motions. Oh, here's another interview. And you get that from a lot of fighters. But he still generally really seems like he is enjoying himself. So, I mean, great on him. I mean, he 37 UFC fights later. I mean, he is going to probably be the first person to to what hit forty fights. Hit four. He'll be the first to hit forty. And it if, seems like I mean, Cowboy and him both have thirty six walks, right? So right. Miller gets to thirty seven this week. Obviously, we know Cowboy is supposed to get thirty seven with Diego, so they could go back and forth. But we don't know how much longer Cowboy is going to do it. Is he going to go to forty or not? Dude, I, I don't right. know. Dude, they, they gotta. They have to fight for that. Would that be something if that's the fortieth fight? Of course. Oh, that would be not? legit. Both why would of them you in their not? 40th walk? Come on, why would you not? Make the cunts fight. The, I would literally the, the that would be that fight. would be so hard to watch. That'd be that'd be a fun one to watch, but yeah. uh, that'd be another one it's like Wait, harder uh, than Cowboy versus Diego? Are you having a laugh, mate? That's gonna be a hard one to that's watch. That's gonna be a hard one to watch. Diego's fucking nuts though. <laughs> I can watch Diego. I'll be watching Diego anytime. But how about this? Jim Miller saying <laughs> he wants to fight Diego. Jim Miller saying he wants to fight at USC three hundred, so he'd be the yeah, that's Jim, what I'm I love that. fight at USC one hundred, two hundred, and three hundred. I mean that is cool, man. Yeah, no, dude. I mean, really and he cool. needs to do it. They need to fish his corpse out and sorry. <laughs> like even if no even you're saying, like, even if he took like a year off or something like that and, and dude, get him you know back I mean? in there. And then came back and do it. Maybe if Dana knew his fucking timing's right, he could leave three hundred alone and then Khabib can come back for that. I mean, he's so close that if he could, if he could race to get to the forty, if he can get that, I can see where he has to stay active since there is somebody in the ballpark to get to the forty-first. But in terms of just being around and fighting on three hundred, that's very, very doable. Mm-hmm. If he pulls the schedule back, if and if he just maintains, it doesn't take a lot of damage. But that's he's so very, co- very doable. But he's so coherent. He's not. Like, he's yeah. not like some of the other veterans we know. He's also, you know, he's not going and. Namaste. You know, he, he's fine. Yeah. He's normal. And how great is he was talking about the way he back, he's backing off his train now. He was saying that, like, he used to be so all about training all the time. Remember when he said, he like, if he was taking groceries from his truck to the house, he would do lunges to the house. Just so he was, <laughs> I was like, holy shit. That's why I park really close to my door here. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, if yeah, I did yeah, lunges, yeah. I'm like, two lunges, I'm in the house. I did a, he's like, I do the same thing. I do one lunge. So one I, lunge, bro. Today I do the left leg, tomorrow I do the right leg. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I only do trips to the supermarket like once every week. The car phrases you do when you get the broccoli are just off the chain. Off the chain. Oh, man. So, listen, <laughs> I, I, I'm excited for that fight as well. Uh, main card kicks off with Julian Marquez versus Mackie Patola. Julian Marquez, a longtime Vegas guy, was now out in Kansas City with Glory MMA and Fitness. Uh, 31 months away as he comes back here. Of course, Mackie Patola, one of the coolest nicknames in the game, coconut bombs. You know he's coming out looking to fight. And listen, you go up and down this card. I mean, the 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 the, the, the prelims. I think there's some decent fights on there. Um, I'm excited to see Hidalfo Vieira again. Uh, absolutely, you know, insane submission artist against Anthony Hernandez. 
Uh, I did talk to Anthony Hernandez's team. They say, yeah, we, we promise we're not going to try to make this a jiu-jitsu match. We realize that would be very bad. Uh, Diego Lima versus Bilal Muhammad. That's that was good. a fight that I think could have slipped onto the main card. You know, uh, you know, I think they went with Marquez Patolo just because they realized a little propensity for violence to kick off that main card. But I think Lima and Muhammad, you know, could have been on there. But you, you always probably should have been on there. Well, and here's the thing. Jeez. And I see people talk about it, and I actually did see a lot of fans that felt like, oh, that's disrespectful to the law. Don't forget when they build these cards, you want to have something nice on ESPN, right? You want to have yeah, cool. You want to have a nice. I mean, ESPN's a nice platform as well. You know, not everybody's going to buy that seventy dollars. It's it's not even. The it's, feature not even the feature it's not even the feature prelim. It's not even the feature prelim. It should it should it should. It, it, I mean, even if they gave him the feature prelim, that should, that's a main card fight right there. I think it's, it's Diego a, Lima and Bilal Muhammad is. By no means a prelim fight. I mean, cause the kind Relax, man. It's, no. gonna be it's fun. on ESPN. It's but you get to one of the good ones after this. Well, I was going to say, I have a feeling Cole Coffee might have a slight interest in Mallory Martin mm, versus mm, Pollyanna mm, Viana. Fight of the night. Which one do you want to shake? Wow. What? I, I don't want to shake. He's talking about the level of athletes. What's wrong yeah. with you? These are just fine. You're cut off, dude. Athletes. Okay. You're cut off. Right, We're sorry. talking about the quality of athletes here. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, Andre Uo versus Chris Gutierrez in a 140-pound catchweight fight kicks things off. And he's, here's another one that I thought was really interesting down on the early, early prelims. Brian Kelleher versus Ricky Simone. I thought that could have featured on either ESPN that could have been a, that or could even be. on the main card. You're right. Even that, on the main that, card. Like, that fight right there uh, – if it wasn't on the main card, easily could be the feature prelim. I sure. agree. Easily. I would have took the Diego Lima, Bilal Muhammad. No offense to Marquez Patolo. I would have easily took in, uh, the Lima Muhammad in the main event. And Kelleher uh, Simone could have been the uh, feature prelim. Yep, I agree. Means. Gabe Green versus Phil Rowe and uh, Miranda Maverick versus one of our other all-time favorites oh, here at the Roadshow, yes. Jillian Robertson. She's so funny, man. Just she is a so big smile, awesome. laughs after everything she says. I, no, I think Polly and Ivana and Mallory Martin should be on the main card. What? Sorry? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It is on the card of the I'm night. I'm digging myself out. In order hell. to save your career, we're going to move on. Uh, hey, one last thing I want to talk about while we're talking about USC 258. I hope you enjoyed that one award nomination. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just go hang out with Gene in the back. <laughs> I listen, Shayna. Oh man, I did. I did want to make one, one real quick. You have to talk about Bellator this week, even though they don't have any events till April. Uh, I think we all knew going in. Uh, listen, it was the worst kept secret in the sport that they were moving over to Showtime. We all knew that will also mean we think at some did point. Did we all know that? Oh, I, did you know? I knew. Oh, what, you I didn't know that? Knew. Okay. I was like, what? It's like, did we not talk about that? I just wanted to. I yeah. just wanted yeah. to. Oh, no, no. Everybody knew that they were moving to Showtime. <laughs> and, uh, and, and eventually that will probably mean some fights on CBS as well. Now, that's no guarantee at this point, but it looks like it will probably mean some fights on CBS as well. Um, I just want to say, I think this is a solid move. Now, listen, there's always the concern, yeah, but it's only on a premium network, so they're not going to have – but I think they are going to have some network television shows. Now, that hasn't been announced and it's not guaranteed, from what I understand, but it just makes sense. It's, I mean, they're literally owned by the company. There's no reason they're not going to end up on CBS, which I think will be great. But here's what it means to fans. You might not give, you know, why would you? Why do you care? I always say this, like, why do we care about their financial success or their ratings, whatever? The average fan doesn't. Here's what you will care about. Live across the nation and live around the world. Not only do they sign this deal with Showtime, which I think is great, because, again, live. No longer this tape delay crap, which was just yeah. garbage. Live, live, live. But, uh, Oscar, I wanted you to speak to this because they they signed a deal with BBC as well. Now, those events are going to be live as well on the BBC iPlayer. So it's not 
exactly because BBC for people that might not know in the states or you know wherever else it may be is is essentially network television for England. Yeah, and it's very different than those that watch Pornhub. BBC is a totally (laughs) different thing. Unfortunately, say totally different thing. Okay, please continue. (laughs) Yeah, because oh, I see BBC being yes. yes. Big boys. <laughs> yes, <laughs> anyway, big boys. Yes, of go. course. No, no, no. So, yeah, so Bellator is now, because they're going to love that name to that last link. No, uh, Bellator, they're now on BBC iPlayer. If we start over now, what time? <laughs> we, okay, we... No, BBC iPlayer, it's a it's an online, you know, stream player for the for the channel, BBC being one of the, the national channels there. Uh, and Bellator's going to be live. Now, while most people think, well, <coughs> shit, I mean, they're live, but they're on an internet channel. It's right. not a great. Listen, for the last five years, Bellator have never had a live thing on European TV or European websites. You know, it's always about like, I know the Mac Live. We've we've tweeted Bellator results, and they're like, "Well, hold on, it's not on TV here yet. Right. You know, it's not here until next yep. Wednesday." So that's it, garbage. It, it's crazy. It's yeah. abso- so bad. It's absolutely fucking shit. And so, 2021. How do you expect people to get invested into yeah. it? So, if, if so the, the fact that they now. have at least the option of a live, the ability to watch it live, yeah. that's more important than anything else. Uh, what I think about, you know, the viewability of BBC iPlayer, that's... Is it subscription or is it free? No, it's free. it is free. It is free. But, I mean... Is the BBC typically... The BBC is free over there? That's just... Yeah, yeah the BBC, BBC is, is like free, in yeah. every house. But I didn't yeah, know what the BBC iPlayer was. No, BBC's iPlayer is free, but it's like you would have to go on your computer and type yeah, in BBC iPlayer. You're not flipping through the channels. And, and also, I, I can't imagine as many people being like, oh, do you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna see what BBC iPlayer is showing. And then they open the laptop and watch it. You know, you tune in to watch what you want to watch. Yeah, yeah. But having said that, the very fact that there's something for them to to find it because dude there's so many times where they announce this big fucking deal in America and they'd be like oh and you guys get to watch it three days later yeah, that's baby so crazy, you know right? it'd just be it'd be awful and this BBC I play it's twenty four seven like yeah, there's it, always content it's like Netflix code. but for shit so it's it's on is it on demand or so it's only it on live de- yeah no, it's, it, it, it's on demand I I I don't know for a fact but it's been, it, I mean I know it's been a while since you lived there so that no, might no, be unfair but, to ask but it is it's it's live and I would imagine most of the shows on it are on, on demand, demand so okay. you can't Got go back and watch it so yeah. if you turn into it there's content that's playing on it's not like you just go to Netflix like Netflix has nothing no 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 no, no, no it's it's a it's a live show that's cool. and uh, listen I think I I've been very very critical of Bellator in the past this is a logical next progression for them and I hope they try and utilize it man because the worst thing I think Bellator do is they I've often got very frustrated with the fact that they're like well what we'll do is we'll we'll sign the best European talents and then the rest will figure itself out it's like no like you need to figure out the deals to promote these European talents or these European talents become nothing and then they'll want to come on here well you know I'll tell you what man we were talking earlier uh, about Leon Edwards being like one of the most affected fighters by COVID boy Bellator was affected by COVID right it seemed like they were really building some momentum in Europe man they oh it seemed like they were making some waves yeah so I just kind of hate that the the Bellator vibe like uh, we're the European promotion it's like no you could be you really could be, but you kind of just miss them up. But yeah. I think this one is a, is a great step in the right direction. Shout out to uh, Mark Fellows, our good friend. He asked us if there was anything down there in Australia that was going to be done. I reached out to Bellator before we came over here, and, and uh, I didn't. I haven't heard back from them yet, but I will follow up on that uh, to find out. But uh, listen, I think these are these are positive moves uh, for Bellator. 
no disrespect to Paramount, but I mean, it was just weird. You had one sporting plat, you know, one sporting franchise on there, and nothing else. No shoulder programming. No, it just didn't make any sense. And I think everybody realized it. And they they would never speak about it publicly, but I think behind the scenes, everybody agreed. So this Showtime deal, um, I think it's a big deal. And I mean, I, it, it it was. I'll tell you what was kind of funny was was like hearing Moro. I mean, more Ronaldo, obviously, like seeing him back in there, but then basically just all talking about like, ah, we basically just kicked, picked up the Strike Force band and brought it back it, together. You know, uh, what I mean? it was no, so funny to just hear him mention the, it. Dude, the kid of thing for me is Mauro would be like, and here we go to this thing right here, and then they'd go, yeah, and so the amazing, like, just the I know, energy. The, the energy. I was like, level. fucking hell. Oh man, I, I won't say who, but immediately as soon as Steven Espinosa come on, I got a text from somebody. He's like the weasel. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry. Yeah, I got a couple, but that's funny. Come I got, on, I got a couple of texts myself. Yeah, come on, like no disrespect. Like I said, this deal is great, but hey, when Conor McGregor brands you with something, you you Your get it. From Ask Jeremy Stevens how long you have to deal with it when Conor McGregor tells <laughs> you. Jose you know, Aldo, bro, <laughs> Jesus. All right, well, listen, uh, I think that's enough from us. I think we uh, got to get this thing in the can and uh, get ready for uh, weigh-ins in the morning. Of course, we will have an and a half of the, this weekend over at patreon.com slash the May Road Show. So if you can support us over there for as little as $3 a month, I would certainly appreciate it. Either way, and more so this week than any other week, I'll tell you, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.